Are you looking for a school that'll give you the art time you need and skills to succeed out in the workforce? Look no further than our friends over at Art Labs. With four locations spread across South Carolina and one out in Houston, you have plenty of options on where to attend. Learn from professionals in the pipe, structural, pharmaceutical, shipbuilding, and construction industries who'll teach you more than just how to pass a test, but how to excel in your job. Speaking of jobs, they also work with you on job placement, offering guidance on industries and prepping you for what you will encounter not only on their weld test, but also out in the field. They've even started a new internship program where you can get real-world experience that can turn into your next job. Their students have gone on to land jobs with companies like Lockheed Martin, Boiler Tube of America, Arc Energy, Crowder, Ingalls, and many more. If you're ready to jump into a career and get the best training around, head on over to artlabs.edu to find out more information today. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I got to chat with Donnie, aka Strike Core Welding on Instagram. He talks about how he was on the path to being a computer programmer when the welding world drew him in. After getting his first job after saying yes when someone asked if he could weld, he bounced around from shop to shop, picking up new knowledge, teaching himself different processes. He almost gave up on his dream of being a pipe welder when he was offered a job out at the skate park. He's been working on building the shop he's at up from the ground and teaching himself how to use RDM on stainless steel pipe with a little help from the welding community. We dive in right after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a machine that has the versatility to handle MIG, TIG, and stick, as well as being able to run off of various power sources at the same time? Look no further than the Lincoln Electric 210MP. This was the first machine I picked up when I started my journey into welding, and it has never let me down. Light enough to carry into anywhere I might need to take it, with the ability to plug right into the wall when 220 isn't available, it has helped me build, repair, and create in all kinds of environments. There are all kinds of machines out there on the market, but from my personal experience, putting countless hours on this one, it's the first one I recommend to people looking for their first multi-process welding machine. Find out more over at LincolnElectric.com. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and your work? My name's Strikecore Welding on Instagram. I go by Donnie in real life. This is a little bit of Strikecore Welding behind the mask. And I've been a welder for, I want to say, five, six years. Bounced around a ton of shops and just tried to make a name for myself in this industry. How did you first get into welding? Because I heard you were in computer programming before, correct? Yeah, I started in computer programming. I started like every kid in high school, like not knowing what to do, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I fluked out in a computer programming class and did very well. I was getting like 90s, which I wasn't a 90s student. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, this is something I'm good at. I should just go for it. And I went for it and it was good. And then I went to college and I realized that everyone in computer programming, you're not just competing with the guys in your class who were all super smart competing with everyone in the world that's super smart yeah and i'm not saying i'm not super smart 
but like I'm definitely not willing to put in as much effort as those guys. Yeah. So then how did you get into fabrication and welding in the first place? Like, was it something you'd been doing or? So like my family has a, has a farm and I grew up around like, you know, working with my hands my whole life, but never like welding in particular. I probably saw it like once or twice when I was a little kid. And when I needed to save money for school, I reached out to like anyone who was around to give me some like bummy job wherever I could. And my buddy's brother was a, a shipper receiver in a shop that made fences. He was like, they're looking for welders. Do you know how to weld? And I, this is where it all started, where I was like, yeah, I know how to weld. Never touched a welder, <laughs> like never seen someone like, you know what I mean? Nothing. So I ended up getting the job at this place and there was no weld test or anything. It was just tacking fences together. And my first day I was working on a jig with a guy, never touched a welder. I looked like I never touched a welder. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right, I want you to like tack up this fence. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I laid a bunch of tacks on it and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, it looks okay. And he grabs the fence and just started banging it off the wall and all of my welds just broke and he's like all right he's like time to learn how to weld and i was like cool so it was more learn how to tack than learn how to weld that's how he started yeah that's awesome that so he took you under his wing and taught you a couple of things it was like no veterans a bunch of like like 20 year old bros in a shop <laughs> like doing the worst things you could do in a shop probably like they used to heat up bolts and then, like, you, we'd throw tools around, and, like, they'd be like, oh, catch this tool, and you catch it in your glove, and it starts smoking, or they fill your gloves with tip dip on oh your brakes, or turn your mask on to grind. Like, it was no real, like, veteran. <laughs> I never really had a, a veteran through my whole career teach me anything. That's yeah, wild, yeah. man. From there, like, okay, so you're working on fences and stuff. Like, what was your next step? Where did that lead you to? So, fences got me enough money to go to school for programming, in school for programming, and, and when I was there, I just realized it wasn't something I wanted to do. And I was like, I liked welding and I like doing stuff with my hands. And I'm a like skateboarder, snowboarder, dirt biking, like any adrenaline junkie kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. anything that's going to like, you know, zero to a hundred and welding seemed pretty sick. It seemed like the kind of thing where it's like, you know, no one's really doing it. And that's the other thing with me is I'm always down to go against the grain. Like I know a ton of plumbers, electricians, whatever. I don't know one welder. Yeah. You know, so that's that's really what made me jump into getting into welding. But the next step after school was I got into a night school program for welding. So I came back, I got like a BS job doing like whatever in a warehouse. Mm -hmm. And I got into a night school. And when I got into school, unlike a lot of, I was listening to your podcast, listening to a lot of like great welders and hearing them talk about like, you know, welding school and how great it was and how much they learned. Like when I got into welding school, like my prof was a good dude. Like everyone was really cool, but like, I, I did finish the program. I did well. And then when I got into the real world, I was like, this is not what no. I was taught. I, I didn't know how to use a grinder. First off, damn. When you start your first welding job, the first thing they're getting you to do is run a grinder. You're probably not welding right away. Yeah. Especially if you're like really new. So I got handed a grinder and lucky I like, you know, was competent and like knew how to pick things up quickly and learn. But I never touched one before. I didn't know like safety. I didn't know any of that. I mean, other than what they taught me, I, I, I went into welding school and from welding school, I got out of there. And I got a job at a landscaping company, which is actually where I was doing today at a side job. I'm good buddies with them now. But when I got the job, I had welding on my on my resume. And it was like a small mom and pop like landscaping company. And the, the old man who owned it was like, oh, he's like, we have a welder in our shop. He's like, we always need things welded. You're a welder. Like, let's go. So my first day at a landscaping company, I was welding in like a hundred year old barn, <laughs> stick welding, like something that was probably too thin to be stick welded, oh, you know, but I was didn't have the confidence to be like hey man <laughs> this, this ain't gonna work yeah, yeah, that, yeah that was my first like when i was going through school i wanted to practice you know and so i but i didn't want to drop like 
thousands of dollars on a machine. So I got a little 80 amp stick welder and I was trying to make all kinds of stuff. And I was like using old bed frames, trying to make stuff yeah, out yeah, of it yeah, and yeah. just like burning right through. I was like, yeah, this is the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at the beginning, like everything, I was blowing holes and thought it was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like everything was cool at the beginning. And it's still like every day. It's like, that's the thing. Like my girlfriend will say to me, like, Oh, like I'll say it's test day or something. And she's like, Oh, are you like, you know, worried about testing? And I'm like, every day's a test. Yeah. You know, you always have to be on. Like, it, 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 you, that's why I try and teach the guys that I teach now is I'm like, Man, I know you're tired. I know it's six in the morning. I know we're in like wherever, you know, could be like underneath a truck, but dude, that weld is going to support whatever it's supporting. Yeah. And it's got to be good. It doesn't, the weld doesn't care that it's six in the morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's got to hold just the same. Just get some caffeine, like just, rock that caffeine life yeah exactly that's why it has to be something you enjoy right yeah like if you don't put the pride into it like it shows what led you to where you're at right now so you so, bounced around yeah so the crazy part of this story is i wanted to get into pipe welding of course everyone does and i ended up leaving a company i was at because it was like very old school like structural welding like went to break on a buzzer like there's nothing wrong with it to learn but like i couldn't picture myself like work in there forever yeah and i wanted to get into pipe welding but getting in is is for me where i'm at like in in the gta in toronto there's there's one union that i know of where it's like you know everyone talks about it and it's so hard to get in and i i used to harass the guy and call him and be like hey man how can i become an apprentice whatever and i think he got fed up with me one day and he's like you know how i find a, pick my apprentices and i was like how he's like when all my guys are out on the field he's like i go through stacks of resumes and he's like, I picked the one I like. And he's like, that's the guy who comes on. Or I picked a few that I like, and that's the guy who comes on. So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out myself. You know, I'm going to like figure out how to get in. And I was very close to giving up. I was, I was probably five months away. I said, if I don't get a welding job that I like by my birthday, my girlfriend's dad's an HVAC. And I was like, I'm going to get in an HVAC. It's, it's an easy opportunity. I can get in, you know, all the guys, whatever. And I'm a skateboarder. And there's a guy who runs a skateboard competition at my skate park every year. And I've known the guy for years and we sat down and we were talking and he's like, Hey man, he's like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, I'm a welder. And he's like, he's like, Oh, he's like, nice. He's like, I have a pipe welding shop. And I was like, Oh, cool. And he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, we got this and that and whatever. I was like, cool, man. He's like, yeah, come in. He's like, come in for, he's like, you don't need an interview. He's like, come in and work. So I get there. And what I didn't realize and what he didn't tell me is that the welding shop wasn't running yet. Oh. There's nothing there. It was an empty warehouse. So it was like, we're going to start a pipe welding shop. That's awesome though. Like yeah, getting in ground that you can't get much ground floor than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was rad. It was, it was, it was cool to like, like now I walk into the shop and like, it's everything's nice and where it's supposed to be and whatever. But when I came in there, it was like bare bones. We had like a positioner and like a rented welder and like, that, that was it. That's, you know, that yeah. is crazy. Like what? That's a whole story on its own. Like just be like, yeah, we're just going to start this from scratch. I'm not going to tell you we're starting it from scratch, but come on in. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the crazier part was, is what's, what's pipe stainless welded with. Take. Yeah. Take. Every other process. So I get in there and I, I, I know how to weld MIG. I, I know how to set a machine, but vaguely, like I wasn't, I knew I worked with a lot of MIG, but never got really in depth with the machines. I worked with guys who know how to do it and kind of like lazy fared it over them or watched what they had, walked over their machine and saw their settings. But this place, I had no one to base it off of. And I'm doing, which, which I realize now how like crazy it was, was I'm doing RMD roots with pulse caps hardwire, which like isn't like, 
the thing with other kinds of welding where like you go on youtube and you can be like how to weld like this to this and and it'll give you like everything like a bucket list of like what you got to do there's nothing on mig welding rmding and and pulsing stainless steel schedule 10 is the key because you can get sked 40 videos you can get like whatever but the thin stuff you can't get anything on that Mm -mm. you know so so i went from a machine with no settings to okay let's play around and you know work on it and they already had a process from a previous guy so i'm trying to work through his process i'm like this process doesn't make any sense like i don't know if he i don't know how they worked with that process but it didn't make any sense so i had to totally revise just just literally like heat up see what happens heat down see what happens like you know and i'm dealing with no back purge too on my on a stainless pipe because that's what rmd is you don't need a back purge so everything i'm looking at is shiny on the inside and everything i'm doing is gray but it's not like i don't know if it's supposed to be or not supposed to be i'm just thinking i'm wrong all the time and uh, yeah i mean i'm where i'm at now where i think i gotta figure it out but (laughs) hey that's i mean you were pretty much creating your own welding procedures like by just trial and error you know trial and error man that's an expensive trial and error though like stainless is not cheap i think what the gist of what like my company had in mind maybe was get me in see if i can learn how to do it and if i can't then we'll bring someone in and then both of us work Mm -hmm. and that guy knows what to do and they didn't have to pay me as much as a guy who knew everything you know knew everything and that's totally fair i would i didn't deserve the money i didn't yeah. it's not like i knew what i was doing yeah. you know what i mean so they were basically paying me to teach myself right so i i ended up i ended up passing tickets in three weeks damn yeah that's yeah, so awesome I, man yeah it was pretty it was pretty rad it was like a pretty good achievement yeah just jumping back to stainless mig all right so what kind of gas are you using are you using 100 percent argon or like what what kind of gas mixture are i you believe using? i believe I know what it's called on the bottle, but I believe it's called C2 by Praxair but, or Lindy. But I believe it's a helium carbon dioxide argon mix. Okay. I don't know the ratios, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what we're using now. The thing I get a lot is, is my welds don't come out shiny mm-hmm. ever. Uh, a lot of guys will say they'll come out salmon-y, like the kind of pinkish. Mm-hmm. That's because they're pushing. So if you're, if, if you're pushing it, right, the, the kind of like the smoke that would lay on top of the weld after you weld it, that little bit of like arc flare, like ozone stuff, I don't know what it's called, but that's what I'm calling it, that, that it'll turn your weld gray. So if you push it, it'll, the weld will come out salmon-y, and if you pull it, it'll come out gray. So what, the first thing on my Instagram that I was having troubles with is that everyone's telling me it's gray. Why is it gray? Too hot, too cold, whatever. Well, I turn down the heat, and I'm not getting any fusion. I turn up the heat, and I'm just Blown I'm blowing holes, and it's yeah. even more gray. So, and I'm changing everything, arc length, uh, arc, arc force, everything, nothing's changing it. So I came to the conclusion that it's because I'm pulling it, that it's coming out gray and I don't get the color because if I push it, I get color. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole, we're just jumping into whole rabbit holes after rabbit holes. I want to talk to some people that I know in the more kind of scientific side of welding and just be like, what is this? What is this? Like, why is that? So you're also doing a lot of plasma cutting, it looks like. When you're plasma cutting stainless, you got to use different type of gas too, correct? Are you using just straight helium or like what's that that process? I believe what we're using, again, I know what it's called by my manufacturer, but I believe it's a really high helium gas. But the difference you get with the high helium gas and not from what I've seen is when you cut it, it cuts a little wonkier if you just use air and it comes out gray. Whereas if you use the gas, the cut itself is actually like shiny, like chrome. Like it's like, it's really nice looking. But the thing I could never get away from, and I don't think you've ever heard of it, is problems with dross. 
So mm-hmm. like having like slag sticking to the pipes and we went to hypertherm, we went to everyone and, and what they were telling us to do was fill pipes with water so that when you're cutting it, it just shoots right into the water and doesn't have a chance to stick to the pipe. Now that makes sense if you're doing like two inch pipe, but I do yeah. up to like 36 inch stainless pipe. Yeah. So how are you going to fill that with water? You know? So the conclusion we came to is it's just the dross is the dross and you just, it, it's not terrible to get off. You got to chip away at it and get it off. Damn. That's, I mean, it's got to be time consuming though. Start just taking everything down to the local reservoir and just just doing it underwater, you know. <laughs> well, exactly, and like it's not like you know we don't have cranes in my shop. We don't have we use a forklift. It's not like we have all this gear that these guys can go. Hey, let's go spend whatever on yeah. something, you know, see if it works. We're doing everything bare bones basically, which is cool. I actually like it that way right now because mm-hmm. when i go to a place now in the future that's like got all this stuff i'm gonna be like i don't need this you know it's like, like I could, uh, back I in my day <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so the shop you're at right now i've seen in a couple pictures i see the graffiti on the wall was that there or like what's the story behind that because i also like your logo i dig it's got that graffiti style is that from like your skateboarding background or like where did that come from yeah i mean I, the, what I'd say about myself is I'm creative, but not artistic. So like, I love art. I love everything, but I'm not very artistic. I can't lay it down myself. And the art in the shop came from, so when I got there, it was actually already there. So my boss, like I said, runs skateboard competitions. And basically what he did is he brought in all the boys for a skateboard thing in his warehouse when it was empty. And he had like a band there and whatever. And one of the things you could do was graffiti the wall in the shop. So so some cool. of it's good, some of it's all right, you know, like it's, it's, it, it, but it's cool that it's like, I go into work and like, there's a big, big like graffitied up wall. Yeah. I mean, it's not your standard shop. That's for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We've had like vets come in and be like, you could tell this is a young guy's shop. <laughs> like, What's wrong with that? Yeah. The guy who's shopping it, like how old is the owner? I'd say he's in his sixties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. His, his son skates and his, and his daughter skates and you know, he's a real, real cool dude. He's always down to, you know, he threw me a bone. So I'm forever grateful to that guy for sure. That's just such a cool story of getting the job you want from going and skateboarding. You know, it's like, that's, that's really cool to me. I love those connections because a lot of my connections in life, like I used to bart, I still bartend every once in a while, but like I got my first bartending gig and the same way you got your first welding gig where they're like, you bartended before, right? And it was at a venue that I played and they're like, you've bartended, right? We need a bartender. I was like, yeah, man, like definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just and, total BS. But it was one of my favorite jobs and I still to this day, like I go in and like I could just step behind a bar somewhere because I've had so much experience of like heavy volume stuff, you know? Right. I think that comes down to like, dude, the trait. I think that's a trait as a person. And the way I look at that trait is you're worth money. Mm -hmm. So like what I'm saying is that like, I'm so confident nowadays, not because, not because I think I'm the best welder. I often think I'm the worst welder in the shop. I think that's what makes me good Mm -hmm. is that when I walk into a shop, like I'll be like, oh, like that guy's definitely better than me and I'm always striving. And then maybe I've surpassed him and I still think I'm worse. But the trait really is being able to teach yourself something quickly. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's that that makes you worth money. That I can go in in my mind, like I'll put it this way, and I dropped this on the last podcast. It's my favorite thing to drop when I talk about careers. I was a beekeeper for a summer. You know, like there it, you it was like, you know, in the midst of all this welding and whatever, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go be a beekeeper with like an old guy I met through my landscaping company and I'm gonna go do that. And I learned it and picked it up. And so what what I'm saying is I mean, two things is what I'm saying. I'm saying 
be a guy who learns things quickly and doesn't have to be told things twice and gain every little bit of knowledge while you're there. Yeah. You know, like really like put that in your pocket or like, you know, write it down if you have to. If you're a guy who can't really remember everything, I know I'm not. Those two things are huge. Yeah. And just being open to opportunities. I, I feel like that's one of the gifts I have in life is that, you know, everyone's always just like, how, how does this happen for you? It's like, I'm, someone starts talking to me. We like, I love talking to people one and I'm op- like, I like listening. Like, I think that's a really big skill that a lot of people don't have, especially people that are mystified by it's like, how do you fall into all this stuff? It's like, I just listen to what people are telling me. And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Tell me, teach me, you know, People love teaching. It's one of the things that I've learned in life is that if someone has a skill and you are interested in it, they are more than happy to teach you. But if you're just like, oh, I know what I'm doing, you yeah. know, it's like no one's going to try to teach you anything. So. Yeah, that's all super true. I mean, never turning down an opportunity. That's like something I live by like now. Like if mm-hmm. I got offered something, like I'd try and fit it in my schedule if I wanted to learn it. You know, like it's, I, I believe that, you know, you can learn as much as you learn. And this isn't like a shot on like, school Mm because if you go to school like yeah like you know good on you something i can't really do but going in and basically saying the same thing is like learn everything you can and 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 really just you know strive for to be the best and yeah what has been the kind of craziest situation since you have bounced around from job to just different processes different jobs like what are some of the craziest experiences because a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are either newer welders or people like just trying to break out on their own but what are some of the craziest experiences you've had out in the field in terms of like welding like yeah. welding experiences particular experiences i'd say like working in massive pipes like mm-hmm. you know standing in a pipe and welding or or even like sometimes it's fun like you know you got a shimmy in a pipe say i messed up and i gotta back weld it and shimmy in yourself in a pipe or something like that i i wouldn't say i've had too many like really eventful experiences i enjoy like every part of it so like you know everything's cool everything is like you know re- really rad when it comes to like cutting or figuring out so- how something's gonna fit together you know what what I'd say too is everyone thinks like a welder's a welder, but like a welder who's just a welder is going to be out of work mm-hmm. because the welds are going to like end one day. Yeah, you know you got to be a welder who can fit. You got to be a welder who can cut. You got to be a welder who can you know do drawings. You got or do and read drawings, and uh, always be able to have some input in whatever you're working on. The crazier things I've done, to be honest, would be like teaching myself. Like yeah. I think it's crazy that I taught myself how to do it. Yeah, you know that's like a. The, the way I think about it in my head in like the most humble way is like I could be on par with someone in terms of how good they are, but I taught myself. So yeah. like, I think like, okay, like I deserve like that little like metal that yeah. like, you know, I, I taught myself how to do it and, and that gold yourself star. How to do it. Yeah. Gold star. Exactly. <laughs> and teaching yourself how to do it is like, I feel like I wouldn't know as much as I know in the short amount of time that I did without teaching myself. Cause it's like setting my MIG machine, my previous shops, I always kind of had someone to bounce ideas off of or steal their settings or whatever until the day came where I had to set a machine. Now you could send me into any shop and like, I'm super confident, you know? Yeah. You know what to look for. Like, you know what all these different, I think that's one thing that schools in general, not bashing schools, but I know the program I went through, like they didn't really dive in deep to like what all the different things on your machine can do. It's like, I know my voltage and my wire feed speed outside of that. Like they didn't teach about like arc force and, 
you know, all these different settings that like, even diving into the more like the pulse and the different types of pulse and your balance. Like when you go to AC, like what the balance is, what the cleaning is like, there's just so much that you could have a whole course on just like, okay, this is all the machine settings that you're going to encounter. And I think it would be really helpful, you know? Yeah. I mean, my thing with, with welding school itself is there, there's good ones out there. Like the States, all the ones I follow on Instagram, I'm always like showing my girlfriend and I'm like, like, I would love to just go here and like play the game, you know, yeah. like play the fake simulator of being in a trench or like yeah. whatever. I'd love doing that. But yeah, it's like welding school. You're going to get as much as you want out of it when you're there. My experience was if you go to like, not one of these big schools, I don't know like what schools are good and what aren't, but the ones I've seen, most of what I've seen and most of what I've seen coming out of the schools into the industry in terms of like me teaching people that have new hires or whatever is that they don't teach you what it's like to be in the shop. Yeah. They teach you what it's like under the hood. Like they teach you like, okay, don't be scared when that arc strikes and like, you know, be really confident. I can weld overhead and I can weld whatever. What happens when you have a piece that's rusted out and you got to grind it down and then you grind it down and it's not even all the way. Now it's wavy and then you got to line up a fillet and now there's a gap all over in different spots all over the thing. Like, you know, you could have been top in your class, but the second that faces you, you got to make it up as you go. Right. And that's where I'm saying that skill teaching yourself yeah that's where like that's where you're worth money yeah adaptability you know it's like a super corporate way to put it yeah you know adaptability i got synergy you know (laughs) yeah exactly exactly using all those nice words yeah i think that is huge and just the culture too like i feel like that is one thing that respect and just going out and just being like oh yes just listen to these people like there's a people have a really hard time these days just being like i'm trying to teach you just listen to me i mean you can't really teach that in a school i don't think but and the imperfect conditions like what you were saying that should be part of classes i mean what the school i went to the plates they were torch cut like on a track but oh yeah but that track it wasn't always it was great, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's, we had... cutting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a bunch of, like, rainbow plates where I would just have to, like, take this giant arch out of it. And it's like, yeah, just got to make these nice rounded plates nice and straight again and keep the bevel, you know? So it's that love relationship with a grinder is what I feel like people need more time with in school. It's like, all right, this isn't perfect, but here's your tool to make it perfect. You'll see how this pays off afterwards. Dude, a hundred percent. Like the first thing I do and not like picking on you, I want to see where you're at. Mm-hmm. First thing I'm doing is handing you a grinder, lay me a 33 degree bevel, go, Yeah. you know, and they, in school, they've been getting these sweet bevels and i want you to bevel it and weld it and when you weld it and your bevel's not good you're gonna see why that bevel needs to be good yeah this is the industry like it's what you have to do be perfect you need that you want your weld to look like these guys on instagram you need your prep to be perfect in terms of mig like what i do like mig pulse almost all of those edges on my welds it's because of the grinding if my grinding's wobbly, the MIG is just going to fill in wherever it's wobbly. Mm-hmm. So the reason my welds are looking good is because my grinding is so good. I want to make a shirt that says real welders use grinders, <laughs> you know, because everyone chirps grinders. Like if you're grinding, oh, it means you messed something up. I mean, sure. It's a very important tool. Yeah, I, I know. There's so many funny things that, you know, coming from the outside of welding and coming into the welding world, all of these gripes people have, it's like, if you welded it right, you wouldn't need to use a grinder. And it's like, I mean, you use a grinder to get to this spot too. You know, I don't know. The funny little things like people griping on MIG, but 
It's one of the number one processes everyone uses. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking to unleash your inner craftsman? Look no further than Outlaw Leather USA, where they specialize in crafting custom-made leather welding gear that offers maximum protection from heat and sparks. With their product's superior quality, construction, and durability, you can count on them to stand up to any job. And with their outstanding customer service and dedication to providing you with the best possible experience, you can trust that you're investing in the quality you deserve. As a special bonus for listening to the podcast, you can get 10% off your order by using the special promo code WELD10 at checkout. Invest in quality with Outlaw Leather USA today. Just because it's quick and efficient and it gets things done. And I mean, doing stainless MIG, like that's just crazy. I didn't even know that existed until I found your work. I was like, I was like, this is insane, you know? And yeah, right on, man. I've got Dr. Welds, he, Austin, he's another guy at weld.com. And I was telling him about, I was like, yeah, he does like stainless steel MIG. He's like, oh, I can't wait to listen to that because I have no idea about that too. And he's yeah, a CWI, yeah. tons of experience under his belt. That's where the Instagram came from. My Instagram started as I was teaching myself and I had no one to ask questions. So I was like, okay, let me make like a page and, and just start harassing people until they give me their settings. You yeah. know, like that's literally what I was doing, right? And I mean, it, people were great. A lot of people were great. I couldn't really find anyone that was doing what I was doing, even on Instagram. Yeah. Right. So like I was even having trouble there. So I'm trying to like nitpick like guys who are taking and, and, and asking them questions about roots and what's a root supposed to look like and why is mine gray and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, people, people have so much to say about MIG welding in general. And, mm -hmm. and some of the, some of the things they say are true. Like would I say it's one of the easier ones. Absolutely. You know, it, it definitely is one of the easier ones. What I'd say the type of MIG welding I do is the easy ones. I'd put mine right on par with a lot of other things. It's, it's a lot faster, but w what I'm doing is laying x-ray quality welds in I mean, I'm not talking about a guy who's good with a dig torch. I'm talking about your average guy. And, and you know, probably, you know, half the time that it would take them. And I'm rolling it out and whatever. But I, you know, to get ticketed, you're doing it in position. I do in position as well with, with MIG RMD. And that's the most challenging part about me and, like, the online world, kind of. And that's why I like to, like, kind of separate it from, like, everything else. Mm -hmm. Is, you, you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot to say about what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, I know I'm doing the best I can. And I know what I'm putting down is quality work. So at the end of the day, like, if, if you know, if people want to chirp MIG welding for whatever reason, like, I always say, like, stick you on an RMD, you yeah. know, Miller Pipeworks 400 or a Lincoln STT and, like, weld for an hour and then we can talk yeah you know? show it's, me it's, show, show me you know because because yeah it's 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 a definitely a next level of mig welding yeah i i talked to a guy over in the uk he does pipe welding as well but with mig it's not stainless but it's like heavy wall stuff and we were talking about the same thing where it's just like he's like i'm doing roots the root was one process then he does spray arc and then yeah, he does exactly. the the pulse for the caps even just knowing how to adjust your machine throughout each step it's like if you're tig welding you're going to be running your root and your fillers and your hot right. like your root your hot pass your fillers your caps it's all going to be only thing you're adjusting is your amperage a little bit you know it's like i'm going to turn this up a little bit after i get through this route and just cook home you know and 
adjusting all these different advanced settings on your machine like that's hard and like it's the thing i'm trying to just impress into people even like i tutor at the school like i'll go in and help out where i went from time to time and people just just dog on they're like yeah i can't can't wait to get to tig do some real welding i'm like you're doing some real welding and you're not like you gotta get good enough to brag at this first before like trying to go step above something else you know speaking of cleaning all right like we've been kind of talking about grinding and all that kind of stuff but your welds like i've seen you're using some cleaning solutions and processes on the actual welds can you talk a little bit about that process yeah we use a walter surfox machine so i don't know what the you know what what's in it but i know that it electrically does something to the solution and it pacifates your weld. So you'll sit there and it'll take all the color out. You've probably seen them on Instagram, those mm-hmm. electronic brushes, right? And it works real good. It's, it's an alternative to pickling paste. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Which is super toxic, like really bad for you. And Perfect. it's like you buy a concentrate. I, we actually never used it, luckily. Like when I was there, they used it previously. And apparently, yeah, it's like this paste and it's super toxic and you mix it with water or something and then you have to hose the entire thing off after and it just goes wherever it goes. And my boss wanted to get away from that. So we, we figured out these surfbox machines, but they're good. Make stainless is when you see it on a TIG weld or something like that, just takes the color out and it's, it's, you know, stay shiny, right? <laughs> when you're cleaning like a MIG, like a pulsed cap, because it's gray and there's something on the surface, when you surfbox it, sometimes it'll actually get more black. It'll oh. get even worse. So to make it look nice is you have to either wire wheel it or you can really go over it with uh, the passivation and it'll create a layer of passivation over it and it will end up cleaning all that stuff off and whatever, but it takes a really long time. Like I'd say one of the longest parts of what we're doing is the cleaning. It's the, the welding is actually relatively quick and, and obviously fitting as well. That takes a little bit of time when you're, you know, but yeah, cleaning, that's actually a good question because I've had a lot of, another thing I had a lot of issues with where I'm like, why when I'm cleaning, it's coming out black. And everyone else, it's coming out gray or yeah. uh, coming out silver, you know? And, and I, I was trying to figure it out. But again, I came to the conclusion that it's got to be a layer on something on the top and it just takes a little bit longer to get off. But yeah, that's that's how we're cleaning our pipe. It's just cool seeing the types of processes people use because some people never encounter that type of thing in their whole career, you know? But like you bounce it around from different process to process to process. You have you've experienced probably more than 90% of welders out there. You know, it's like, cause you have had all this experience in different shops and environments. A big thing I try to do with this podcast is, you know, inspire the next generation and new welders. If you were to give new welders or people trying to get to a different level in their career, like advice, what would that be? What I'd say is, is in all honesty, there's, there's two things, your work. I mean, quality in your work, it'll speak for yourself, but it only goes so far. It's the same thing with like, they're not going to give you a raise unless you ask, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a second part to having the quality of work, which is really just, just going out there and, and taking opportunities and being friends with your boss and being cool with your managers. And when everyone else is in the shop, it's like, oh, screw that guy. He made me stay overtime, whatever. Be like, be the guy who's like, I'm down. I'll stay the overtime, you know? And that's the, the thing with welding is that I've realized even more so now. It's such a small world and it seems like everyone kind of knows everyone. You know, so your name will start getting out there. And that's what's crazy about me is that and, and and coming from like I'm a since we're talking about like, you know, inspiring people, I'm a guy who literally had nothing, no experience. I started when I was like young, you know, 19, but zero experience and went to having I'm not going to say like I have a name in the industry, but people know my work, yeah, which is pretty rad. 
You know, like I, I think it's crazy how I almost gave up. And then now, like, I'm talking to you, yeah. you know, about like welding. Like, you know, it was like, it, it's so crazy. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of giving someone some advice is is really just give it your all in anything. Like, whether it's welding or whatever you want to do, give it your, you know, give it your all and, and try and be the best. Yeah. The only person that's ever really holding you back is always going to be yourself because there's all these, these, this little voice in the back of your mind is like, oh, well, you know, I probably, I probably won't get that job or, oh, I don't know everything. So they probably won't want to bring me on. But that's only yourself saying that. Like you're living proof of all you got to do is say, I, I would like to work here. I would like to learn this. Please teach me, you know. And it's, it's so crazy. I had no idea that you, like it was ground floor. Like that's a, that's an experience that you're probably not going to have again until the day comes where you're like, I want to start my own shop. People don't get that. The industry in general is old, especially like a bunch of the established companies. They've been around for a while. So like this new generation, it's going to be people like you. Like I think you would be a great candidate to be like, yeah, I'm going to strike out on my own because like I have all this experience and it's inspiring to me. Like I think. Right on, man. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the goal, man. As long as I can like, you know, and, and that's the thing with my Instagram. Like no one, I don't talk about any of this stuff. Right. And, and my story was so crazy in yeah. terms of my career. I always say like my resume is wicked, you know, yeah. like I, I can, but what, what I would say too, another piece of advice I could give to people like young people in the industry is I don't think my route was the worst way to do it. Yeah. I don't think jumping around from shops and meeting like now I have like, I have like six shops that I know that I could probably call and be like, Hey man, like I'm short on work. Like, can I come work for you? And they're going to say, yeah, cause I worked, I worked hard for them. And at the same time, I learned all these things. If you stay in like MIG welding, you're going to be a good MIG welder. Mm-hmm. If you stay in TIG welding, you're going to be a good TIG welder, you know, but having the ability to like do everything and not be scared. I used to be so scared. I used to like walk up to something. Someone would come to me with a piece and not that I was scared, but I was like, Oh, like, Oh, uh, you know, what, what do I do? Da, da, da. Now you can like hand me the craziest, like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram recently. I did a bunch of uh, 36 inch carbon skateboardy mitered elbows. Oh yeah. I did see those. Yeah. So like, again, taught myself how to fit, you know, all on the fly. But when my boss came to me with the drawing, I was like stoked. You know, my boss was like, he's like every other welder would be like annoyed, <laughs> you know, yeah. that they have to like fit this crazy thing and it's going to be more difficult than what they've been doing. But you know, you want to be the guy who's like, give me the hard stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want the easy, I don't want the stuff that I can milk. Like that's another thing, like milking, like I don't milk, you know, I actually really can't. I think I have like too much ADD to be able to like slow down. It's either like I'm on and it's like full pace or like I'm off. There's, there's no in between for me. And I think that's, you know, I think it's a perk. It's, it's a perk for like your career. But then sometimes you look at other guys and you're like, shit, he's making the same money as me, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but that's the wrong mentality to have about it, of course. And that's what the mentality I carry. But is there not times where you think that for sure, but just know that if you're the guy who's, you know, trying really hard and getting all the hard jobs, you're going to have a bump in Instagram one day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. If that's your yeah. goal, like, yeah, yeah. and that, it's funny you bring up the whole pay thing, because I feel like that is, in the welding culture, like that is like one of the biggest things. It's like, how much is this? How much do you think you're worth? You know, it's like, how much do you think you're worth? And it's kind of instilled this, like this culture of like, yeah, you just want to go out there and make the most money. And it's like, no, that's like not the goal. Like the goal is to enjoy what you do. And also like, just really like you would, 
don't want to be chasing the money aspect of it. It's like, I want, I want to be worth more just because I put in that much more effort and I have that much more skill and that much more understanding, not just like I can slick out this cap and it looks pretty good. So, you know, it's, that's, that's the thing that kind of irks me about that aspect of it. It's like, sure. I want people to better themselves. Like I tell friends that I have in the music world, I'm like, Hey, you know, it is like, the times are rough right now for musicians. Like the trades are huge. Like I'm not saying you have to be a welder, but like just getting a trade under your belt gives you an opportunity to make money doing something that a very small amount of people these days can do. I mean, talking about money, the thing that drives me really crazy is I think welding has become in the trades and Mm -hmm. in like school has become like, I'm going to be a doctor. Like like, people think that you're going to make a bunch of money. You know, and you can like you, you can make a bunch of money. You could also make a bunch of money being the guy who sells picture frames and be mm-hmm. the best guy who sells picture frames, you know, and be the rich guy doing that. So the, the thing with welding is speaking of all the jobs in my career and whatever, the only job I had that's that I started making good money at is the one I'm in now. So all those jobs I had before and they were good shops. They were, you know, great guys and, you know, big, some of them big companies and whatever. And I was making OK money. You know, and to break through to that, like, good money, I don't know what the percentage is, but there can't be a lot. Yeah. You know, there can't, and getting in, that's, that's the hardest part. That's the part I almost can't give you advice on. Mine came from a connection. And I was always the guy who was like, I used to be so envious of people who had, like, either veterans that, like, worked with them, like veteran welders, mm-hmm. and they could, like, pick their brains about things or, you know, an in to a union or whatever. I used to, I used to be so envious of them. And then I got my turn. I say it's luck. And my dad was like, man, he's like, it's not luck. He's like, you worked for this. Yeah. You worked. And he's like, you met enough people. And he's like, one of the, you planted a lot of seeds and one of them, one of them grew, you know? And, and I guess the key to it is really don't stop. If you like it, like don't stop. And I think I wasn't after the money. I wanted to be a pipe welder. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like pipe welders make good money. It was like, these guys look rad. They're like in mud, like upside down. Like I'm trying to do all of that, you know? I get very envious of the rigs, you know, the flatbeds and just like going out there, just being out there in the field, you know, it's like, but it's not the life for me. You know, I'm not at the age in life where I really want to go and be on the road 90% of the time anymore, you know, right. but do I still envy that and want one of those cool trucks to just drive around? You know, yeah, I do. It's not made for everybody too and i feel like a lot of people these days coming into the industry like everyone's pushing pipe it's like you gotta go pipe weld you gotta go pipe weld it's like you don't you don't have to like there's so many other things with your computer background like your computer programming background a lot of the industry is moving to automation so i mean i feel like you have a pretty good leg up on that aspect too like have you ever worked with any programming any robot welders yet or not really. Like I've worked at companies with CNCs. I've used like, I've been alongside the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I definitely would be able to like understand it, and pick it up and, and whatever the real crux to all of that. Like when people say like robot welders are coming to take your jobs. Yes. To like the guys that I was saying that, you know, you're not making that much money in your welding fences. It's a lot more efficient to weld a fence with a robot. If the robot's pretty cheap, you mm-hmm. know, like it just makes sense. Like look at it from a business perspective. Right. So you, this is more of the reason if you like welding to be on that top tier and push to get to that top tier. So if you're like, oh, I think the robot welders are coming. I don't want to be a welder, only a couple of them. Or you could look at it like the robot welders are coming. I got to be good like today. You yeah. know, like <laughs> yeah. I got to try really hard right now so that my job's always there. What I do, like 
that's what I say to my boss. Like, what I do, a robot probably couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, or or it'd have to be a really smart robot or a really expensive one, not yeah. on our budget. You know, so. And also, like I talk to people about this all the time with the robot side where they're like yeah they're coming for your jobs it's like no this you they still need to have somebody that understands what what to do like someone that knows how to weld that joint or weld that process to tell the robot what to do the robot doesn't come pre-programmed with every position every process you know so you still got to tell it how to move what angle you know there's there's a lot more that goes into it than just pressing go you know so that's... Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen any like orbital welders. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen an orbital welder? Yeah, yeah. So like that kind of robotic welding, hundred percent down to do that. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if you've seen that video going around Instagram where that guy's orbital welding and there's like three guys in the booth like dancing. No, and there's like so he's just orbital welding. There's these three dudes like they're all like partying to music, like joking around. Obviously, point is orbital welding. You got a guy with a hood on watching the weld and he has a controller and that controller is his travel speed it's everything you'd be doing with your body yeah just with this little controller i'd love to i'd love to touch one of those controllers yeah you know and just sit there and and tweak it and that's that's what you're saying and and you wouldn't like maybe you'd be able to learn on an orbital welder but they would need a welder to run that machine Mm -hmm. you know that's another thing everyone thinks robotic welders is you know an arm with a welder on it and it's going to replace a human but orbital welding is robotic welding in my mind it's mechanical welding Mm -hmm. right so if you you need a guy to run that i think that's 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 pretty rad but uh, yeah i mean robots robots are coming for every industry and i mean with like chat gpt now they're coming for the officers too yeah you know so like it's 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 the way the world's going you just got to be the best and you're gonna have a job yeah yeah that's be the best and you're going to have a job. So that's, that's the tagline for the, for the episode right there. Be the best. hundred percent. Be, the, be best. the best. Be the best. You'll never be able to work. That's what I was told too. I don't know if I said it at the beginning actually, but an older guy was like, know every process and you'll never be able to work. Yeah. You know what? I've always lived by that. That's, that, that was like one of my first shops. And that's where like this I, idea of getting into all these companies kind of did. It was strategic. Like I, I really did like look for jobs that were different from what I was doing. And and the thing with me is like the second I get like kind of bored in a company, like I feel like I've learned as much as I can learn. I really get antsy. Yeah. Like I really get antsy that like I need something to stimulate me. Like I, if I'm not going in and it's not stimulating me, like I can't sit there. Like it, it really, really drives me crazy and I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, even if it is welding, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, I think me, it's more about being stimulated and having to think, you know? Yeah. Problem solving. I tell people all the time. I'm like, welding is, it's ninety percent prep. It is like five percent welding, and then it's another ninety percent problem solving. Like it's 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 more than just a hundred percent. But you know, it's the yeah, yeah. the problem solving is just as important as your welding and your fit up, your prep, all that work is way more important than all of your welding, in my opinion, because that. If it's not right, your welds are not going to be right either. And that's the thing that a lot of people try to rush through. And it is a really, really hard thing to swallow when you like really understand. It's like, okay, I've really got to take time to prep all this stuff perfectly or yeah. else it's just, it doesn't matter how good of a welder you are. It's if you got a, an inch and a half gap in one spot, you're not going to be able to close it like and make it look yeah. right. So you're going to, you're going to feel that, that gap for sure. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, yeah, that's what my prof told me like early, this was like early in welding school. And he was like, remember welding's the sexy part. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I didn't even know what it meant back then. 
But now I'm like, yeah, that's 100%. Like, welding is the fun part. You do all this stuff. It's like making a ramp for skateboarding and then skating it. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you got to you gotta do all the work first. And it, I mean, the real key is if you can enjoy that part of it, mm-hmm. that's pretty rad too, you know? One thing, one thing I wanted to talk about, though, was like being a welder and having an Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge bonus, I think, just for like networking. Like, I see so many like young guys, like really young guys. And some of them like, you know, some of them are really amazing and some of them are like, okay, you know, and they still have this like kind of professional looking page and like, don't think like guys with a ton of followers aren't looking at your pages or looking at your comments because definitely are, you yeah. know, a bunch of times I can see these young guys comment, I'll go look at their page. Like, you know, like their stuff, give them a little like, you know, bump that they're like, oh, nice, you know? And uh, yeah, being a young guy and having an Instagram page for welding. And what's nice about welding is it's black and white. You could take a picture of it and another welder can look at it and be like, that looks pretty good. Unlike an electrician who like, you know, the wires are going to all the right place. Like, sure. They are. Like, you sure. know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that but face I, plate down there on that, on that yeah, outlet. Yeah. Exactly. So th- I think, I think that's good for like young guys in the industry or girls, you know, that, you know, make an Instagram and just post on it every once in a while. If you, if you want to go hard and, and make a big Instagram, the key is posting a lot. That's the one thing I'd give you is consistency. That's all it cares about. So just post a ton. It doesn't even have to be the greatest content sometimes. Just to post and post and post and keep it consistent. And, you know, you'll you'll build a network. Like the, ne- the network I dreamed of having, I kind of have now. Yeah. You know, through talking to like so many different people. And even you saying that like, oh, you were talking to that other guy about me. Like, I know who that is. Like, it's yeah. like, well, that's sick. You know, that like someone was talking about my work. You know, like that's, that's insane to me. And I, I don't think I'm special. You know, like it's anyone can do it. That's, I mean, and that is just the internet in general. Like the internet is way more powerful than I feel like people give it credit for. Like they're just like, oh yeah, that's where I go to laugh at things. You know, it's like, no, yeah. there's, there's so many tools like, but networking is one of the biggest things. Cause you could talk like we're, you're in Toronto, I'm in North Carolina and we are just having a conversation face to face kind of, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's cool. Like all you have to do is reach out. And that's, that's another big piece of advice for people getting into the industry is like, don't be afraid to ask questions because the worst thing someone can do is leave you on red or like just not respond to you. And it's not the end of the world because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of other people just like them online that you can reach out and ask questions to. A hundred percent. Like I used to think, I used a hundred percent think that people with a bunch of followers, like there's no, like I used to look at them like they weren't like real, you yeah. know, like it's like, Oh, like there's no way like that's like they care. But 50,000 followers, I see every message. Like yeah. if you send me a message, I'm going to see it. I'll reply to it. You know, like it's that, that's what I think is rad about the welding community on there is like, I mean, I guess any community, but I feel like the welding thing has its own niche on there. Cause I think what happened with me, with my Instagram is I fell into the ASMR. I think a lot of it wasn't welders watching me. I think it was a lot of people watching me weld and thinking, oh, that's cool. I think that's what lane I fell into. I don't think I was only, if I was only being sold to welders, Yeah, there's not that many. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so it's got to be people that are, I don't know if you know SS Custom Welding. I don't know if you, Stan Sherwin. Yeah. He's pretty rad. And we came up at the exact same time. We actually started, we, we didn't know each other. We started our page at the exact same time. We had a couple hundred followers and we, we connected. And we were like, hey, man, like, cool that you're doing this, whatever. And he's at 118,000 followers right now. 
you know, and, 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 and we just like, it, it, it's purely that you look at his content. If you ever go look him up after this, it is satisfying. He yeah. posts the, you know, the TIG welds when you can see the puddle, mm-hmm. like it, he's falling into that category, you know, and that's super cool. And everyone asks you if you're making money, like I get free stuff, but like, I'm not, you know, I'm not killing it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not crashing it. I'm not swimming. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's so cool. And that's another thing that, you know, the internet has done for the, the trade is show the beauty of it you know it's like people filming the arc shots and being actually show people what we're seeing like because i think that's the hardest part trying to describe it to like my if i talk to my friends who don't know anything about welding they've never tried it and i'm just like trying to describe how cool it is to just like watch the puddle go across the plate and they're just like yeah you know (laughs) and but being able to show it and also sync it to music like dusty james pacific arc tig welding have you ever seen his like yeah i love i love his content just because like he's such good arc shots but he also puts great music to it too like he just started doing his own like he started composing music for like art videos and i was like see that's that is your lane right there yeah yeah it's it's just like i just think it's so cool because there's there's people that are like, yeah, Instagram welders aren't real welders. It's like, no, they're, they're real welders. <laughs> like they're out there doing it, but they're sharing what they do. And I feel like a lot of that, like kind of hate towards people that have success on Instagram is more just jealousy more than it is like actually having any kind of problem with their work. Dude, I've had like more than one time. And I actually had one recently that I posted on my story of a guy just like bash me, right? Like just leave the nastiest, like, undercut said there was inclusions like how are you gonna how can you see an inclusion like just the craziest stuff right and i replied to him with like basically honestly a really summed up version of what i just said to you i was like man i'm self-taught i'm trying my best you know i'm really doing everything i can to like make this work and and if i had veterans around to teach me because one of the things he said was i don't believe in self-taught you should always be taught by someone like whatever and then i was like man you know i didn't have the opportunity i would have killed i would have paid I would have done whatever I could to get that opportunity. And the guy, the guy DM'd me back and was like, Hey man, he's like, I've never felt so out of line, you know, for doing something like that. And and it's happened to me more than once where, I, where I've talked to someone like that and, and they've been super nice. Or another thing I've done, which is a, great for me, is this is almost the biggest way of winning. I feel for me when it comes to like a hater, if you wanted to call them that is like people would be like you're doing it wrong do it this way and then i'll mess with them and be like hey how are you doing it like maybe i am doing it wrong you know and they'll yeah. help me and they'll give me information and the best thing i think that's the biggest like the biggest screw you could give to someone who's hating on you is make me better yeah you know that's give like, me your knowledge then yeah give me your knowledge like like if someone's really bashing me i'm like man maybe i am doing it wrong i'm, I'm humble enough to i always probably think i'm doing it wrong so <laughs> i mean you know tell me how you do it that's awesome. I mean, and that's just really good advice. I mean, don't be afraid to mess up and don't be afraid to oh, yeah. have something that's bad because then like you post something that's not that not your best, then you'll get a bunch of people telling you how to do it, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, like in in welding, you are going to mess up a million times. I messed up all the time. Messed up today, messed up yesterday. You know, it it, it is what it is. I met you know, screwing something up comes down to twitching your arm yeah. and welding. You know what I mean? It, it, depending on how tight your tolerances are, right? So I like to, again, bring it back to skateboarding. Like skateboarding, you fall all the time. You fall mm-hmm. all the time and you make it once and you're stoked. And you take a video of that one time you make it, you know? Yeah. 
and no one's bashing you saying where's all the other times you fell yeah. you know it's, it's that's what welding is like to me it's like a constant evolution like you know i'll figure something out and be like wow that that works and then I'll, the next time i'll do it i'll be like ah maybe that doesn't work i'll try it this way you know and then that's what it comes down to that's that's the key to teaching yourself in my opinion is like when you get to a machine and like the machine's in front of me and i got what i need what i think i need because i don't even know what i need yet because i'm teaching myself crank it up see what happens listen to what happens listen that's the key to welding listen you want to hear it you want to be able to hear what's going on when i'm welding something i take a earplug out usually unless the shop's like really loud Uh, and listen to what's going on once you listen to what's going on okay crank it up how does that sound is it buzzing really loud is it whatever okay crank it down okay what does it sound like what's it looking like okay and then you slowly crimp your way to the middle right and at some point okay i have too much spatter okay let's go up and at some point you'll hit that spot where it's like okay it's looking good now that's where my instagram came in where i didn't know if it was good so i had to show people it's like right so i got to that point i got up and down got to that point where i thought i was right and then i started showing people and i'm like hey man is this right? I don't know if it's right or not. And then I got, you know, tips on this and that and whatever. And you, and you can do that, I think, in my opinion, with a piece of scrap on every single setting on your machine. I can't see why not. You get a tick. You get a tick. Oh, what does each tungsten do? What's the difference? And I don't even know. Yeah. I'm going to take that new tungsten. And I'm going to crank it up to 200. And I'm going to see what happens. Okay. The, oh, this tungsten likes 200. It can handle the heat. Oh, this one's just literally exploding when I'm yeah. cranking it up to 200. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... That's that. That's the biggest piece of advice: is, is don't be scared to touch your machine. Yeah, you yeah. know, really play with it. It's a relationship. Like you, that's it's an extension of your body. You shouldn't look at it as a machine. You worked in in tandem. We're going back to these corporate words: the synergy. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The There's got to be a synergy with you and the it. machine. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this would have been super great. Like just a wealth of knowledge, man. Like we could have, we could have definitely stayed touch too. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you, Donnie, for sharing your journey with me. It was an awesome conversation, and I hope to see this shop in person someday. I also want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors, Arc Labs, Outlaw Leather, and Lincoln Electric for making the show possible and helping us all learn more about the different pathways out there in the welding industry. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover on the show or would like to be a guest, Hit me up on the Weld app at Bo Did It or shoot me an email to boww at weld.com. Speaking of the app, if you were in the same position learning all these new processes and wanted a place to start from, we have a welding calculator in the app that'll help you get going faster instead of having to start from scratch. Download the app today to see everything it has to offer to help take your career to that next level. Until next week, we'll see you out there.